0: Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tampi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven podcast.
1: Yeah, uh, today we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 18 of 7th Heaven. The title is Hoop Dreams, or in Germany it is called Burst of Dreams. Uh, the IMDb user synopsis is, Simon and Lucy talk about their parents' lives. When Eric and Annie overhear them, they are hurt by the discussion. Mary has dreams of being a basketball star, and a talent scout contacts her.
0: This uh, is all wrong.
1: No, it's...
0: The only thing pre- right about that is Mary having dreams, and Annie's the one that overhears the conversation. Simon says it to the Rev's face.
1: Okay, all right, calm down. I'm um,
0: a talent sc- scout... That's the, yeah, <laughs> no.
1: um, so what was your first impression?
0: You know what? I, I liked this oh, episode. And you're
1: over, Matt. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm over We're Matt. We're all
1: over Matt. Yeah,
0: I think um I was previously over Simon, but he's coming back into my good graces. Um I enjoyed this episode. I liked the message of this episode. Um I I usually have a problem with the fact that they try to tie in all of the Camden family members when they like trying to like everybody has like a plot line. But it actually worked in this episode. Um the comedy worked where it should. The drama worked where it should. I like the sibling relationships in this. I, this was a very strong episode for me.
1: I just feel like in this episode, sometimes they'll give one sibling a heavier um, storyline, and and or any character a heavier storyline, and then they'll try to throw. You'll be more invested in that one, and then they'll try to throw in all of these like secondary and um, yeah, tertiary, tertiary. tertiary uh, storylines. And this time, like, they were all kind of light, so you weren't, like... I don't know, I feel like that's when... But I also prefer when there's, like, one storyline that I'm more invested in. Although it gets frustrating when they're constantly cutting away from it for things that don't really seem to matter in the scheme of things.
0: I just thought usually it seems forced when they try to connect everything to the main storyline, which is, in this case, Mary's. But I thought it was very natural for... Everybody to be having these conversations when you're when you start talking about like the future. I just thought the only person I didn't care about was Matt. Like I could have done without anything that had Matt going on. Although him and John's pr- relationship is progressing, so I guess we got a good thing out of that.
1: Okay, so the cold open.
0: Yes, uh, which is very exciting for us, me people that watch this episode. Um, it starts with what is very clearly a dream sequence of Mary playing basketball with the Lakers. Um, not all the Lakers. There was only four of them. It was, uh, for anybody that's a big basketball fan and knows the 2000 Lakers team, um, I recognized Derek Fisher and John Sally right away, but there was also A.C. Green and Devine George were also there. And uh
1: Basketball. Yeah.
0: Like, Mary <laughs> is up to par with them. She's blocking shots and stuff and making shots. And she wakes up because Lucy is like, it's time to go to school, Mary. Um, And Mary,
1: Mary's like, oh, I think I'm going to play pro basketball <laughs> because, <laughs> just based on this.
0: Um, Because the phone rings and oh yeah, Coach Cleary is on the line and he's saying, bring your workout clothes to school, meet me afterwards. And so she's convinced, because also in the dream, the coach is there.
1: Yeah, like he's facilitating the workout with the pros. So she's convinced that this was like a premonition, and her dreams are coming true, her hoop dreams.
0: Um, we have some fashion moments right away in the cold open, so before <laughs> we get back, get to the, the crux of the episode. Um, firstly... Mary, sorry, <laughs> I blanked. I was like, which was one should gonna, I do first, uh, Mary, I like, Mary or Lucy? Lucy,
1: yeah. Well, or okay, this was, to, you do Mary's. That's
0: a- <laughs> Mary was in pajamas, and her pajamas had cherries all over them, and I was like, it's a symbol of her innocence. I mean, come on, she in, like she innocently, naively quite believes that her dream of pr- playing with a prose is going to come true based on whatever <laughs> This dream was,
1: and Lucy is wearing some prime Y two K fashion. She's in a velour tracksuit, and like she's got like a shirt on underneath the jacket of the tracksuit, which is again more leopard print, um, but it's like a different leopard print shirt. So now we've seen her, like in in just a span of a few episodes, where three different, well, three different time, three different occasions, she has been wearing animal print. So yeah, um, yeah,
0: and that is the cold open.
1: Um. So I guess we'll start with our favorite, our new favorite character, Matt, Um, and his storyline.
0: Understand that that was sarcasm. That was definitely sarcasm.
1: (laughs) Oh, sorry. Um. So so I don't even know. Like I don't even care about what happened to him. Right.
0: So Matt. Um. Was it the last episode where they were like, "We're done"? Well, he decided that he was like, "I
1: want to be with Shauna," because he told Heather that, hey, we should be together. And she was like, this is stupid. You love Shauna. And then he called her back and she didn't answer because she was out with the other guy. So he still doesn't know that she's dating this other guy.
0: No, wait, two seconds. That was two episodes ago.
1: Okay, what happened in the last episode? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, okay, because in the episode before the last episode, it was the praying for a date with a girl. Remember John and uh, Matt went on that... Oh, yeah, where they
1: went on the date with Raven. Yeah,
0: and then the episode after that, which is the last episode, was his stats assignment. Yeah. Where he was just, like, comedic relief in the church. So he hasn't been talking about Shauna, other than, like, being upset that it's over, or maybe over.
1: Yeah. For two
0: whole episodes, and then suddenly it's back. Um, So as you were saying, yeah. They have left it where shauna says we should take a break and matt has realized that he wants like he loves so he still
1: hasn't talked to her yeah anyway so he's back to being obsessed with shauna and he's calling her all the time and she just we get we gather that he hasn't actually spoken to her Mm -hmm. though since that time when she we saw her like with her roommate or whatever and he's calling her to i don't know like just he i don't know he comes up with this idea I don't know how he comes to this, that he has to go to NYU um, to yeah. be with Shauna.
0: Well, because she's not picking up and she hasn't been... Or, well, if somebody picks up the phone, they always say that Shauna isn't there. She's either in class, in the library, or at work. She, he thinks that the solution is... Well, first he says, I should have never let Shauna move to New York. And John, very correctly, was like, excuse me, let? Let? And then he's like, I know what I have to do. It's not that Shauna needs to come back here.
1: I need to go to her.
0: And so what we've learned, basically, is that Matt never learns his lessons. Because <laughs> the last time he was going to go to his well, long-distance what... girlfriend's place, they did not
1: work out. And that's what John said. He was like, I know back in the olden days, but I don't think he meant, like, t- t- three seasons yeah. ago. He's like, oh, it was a big, grand, romantic gesture to just show up at, like, someone's doorstep, but... It's two thousand, man. Can't
0: do that it's anymore. The new millennium.
1: Don't do that. Um, so, of course, this is expensive, and Matt has no money. So he's like, "I need to sell all of my belongings to be able to move to New York." And John also very astutely points out that, okay, um, even like even when you first of all, they're like, you don't have enough stuff to sell, um, and when you get there. You're going to need money to go to school and all of these other things that you're... Like, I guess I guess we gather that the Rev and Annie are currently paying for him to go to school. I thought that he was working his way through school.
0: I think it's a it's a supplementing. So, like, whatever okay. he can't cover... I think he pays
1: his rent because that was the yeah. whole deal when he moved out. They were like, well, you could still commute if you lived at home.
0: Um. So, yeah, John brings up all these points about, well, okay, great. If you get that enough money to leave, but then you need to find a place to live there... Or have you gotten into a school in New York for your pre-med program?
1: And you also will probably need a job when you're there anyway. So, um, all of, so Matt decides to go over to the Camden house where he is looking through things in the basement to sell at a flea market.
0: Um, this is the first time we get a shot of the basement.
1: And I think it's like the last time, too. Not an important uh, new set design, but... All of the stuff he's looking through is, like, Annie and the Rev, so um, he, like, keeps picking stuff. Well, he only does it with one thing. He picks up a clock, and he asks Annie if he can sell it, and she's like, no, this is sentiment of value. The Rev gave me to this <laughs> this to me for our first anniversary, and it's broken and falling apart, um, and I don't know if it's supposed to be symbolic of anything.
0: What the- I thought was really interesting about this scene was it seems that while an aged Camden kid is, like, in the Camden household they're like under their parents thumb but as soon as Matt leaves he's basically almost allowed to do anything he wants I mean it's very I feel like if Matt was doing this while he was living at home or maybe like not as old as he is they would have been like no you can't move to New York but Annie's just like fine do it (laughs) I I
1: think they just know that he'll never get the money so that's like okay yeah you, you or let's see how far you get um So, he goes to the flea market, and you have a lot of opinions. There's this woman.
0: Right. Like, (laughs) so, she shows up, and she's like, I will give you $10 for everything you have on display here, because I need this spot. And he's like, I can do better than $10. And she's like, no, you can't.
1: Well, she says, maybe you'll get $20, but you'll have to stay till the end of the day.
0: So, we, I'm like, okay, great. She's here for a line. But then... Um, we'll find out <laughs> later why the Rev and Simon are there, but they they show up at the flea market as well, and they spot one, yeah. they spot a the Crawford like a Crawford sweatshirt, and Simon's like, oh, let um, so Matt'll really like this. Maybe I'll buy it for him. Meanwhile, Matt is hiding underneath his like flea market table because he doesn't want to be spotted, and this <laughs> flea market woman who does not get a name goes, hey Doc, you got customers.
1: So, and, she, and then the, inti- so then like the Rev and Matt and Simon all have a conversation and this woman is just there for reaction shots. Like yep. someone will say something and then it'll pan to her and she'll make like a ridiculous face.
0: So I, I usually think that they like break, like with guest stars that don't have any purpose like this, it's usually somebody famous that they like are trying to get the audience to like mm-hmm. when they did that with the, what was her name? The older lady on the phone, the oh. psychic the, or that pseudo psychic.
1: Yeah, I forget her name. But, like, she's a famous
0: actress, right? Like, she didn't really have a purpose, but she was there because she was a famous actress. This woman, from what I've looked up, is not important. Well, anyway. (laughs) Um, So the woman's like, oh, uh, this kid, Doc over here, is trying to pay his way through med school. And the rev is like, I thought I was. And she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) She's looking back and forth like she's at a tennis match.
1: Um... He- so anyway, end of the story is Matt comes home at the end of the day to his apartment with John, and he's made twenty dollars, exactly what this woman predicted he would get. Um, and well, this was earlier when 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 Annie was telling him he'd never get em- enough money. She was like, maybe Shauna could meet you in Kansas. Um,
0: so he so he like is complaining to John, and John's like, well, le- like let me. I guess I'll like, help give you some advice. He gives advice being like, look, don't you have other things that you should be focusing on? Like your schoolwork. Don't you want to be like doing pre-med? And he's like, this is more... like It doesn't really hit home for Matt. He's like His main focus is Shauna. So John, in all of his roommate and best friend wisdom, decides, if you're not listening to me...
1: I'll get a, str- a wise stranger to approach you at work.
0: The wise stranger's name is Jacob. Jacob is played by Bob Larkin, who I recognized immediately as Janitor Bud from Boy Meets World. He also plays, like, other bit parts in other shows, but most most importantly, Janitor Bud. Um, so Jacob says that he has been working at the hospital doing, like, every job possible other than being a doctor or a nurse, um... For what, thirty years did he say? Thirty-five years?
1: Thirty-nine years. Thirty nine
0: years. Um, and Matt at first is like, oh, it's because probably this this dude, this older gentleman, didn't graduate from college. But apparently he graduated pre-med
1: from Crawford.
0: Which is exactly what Matt's doing.
1: And he was started his first year at some med school. USC. Oh, USC. He was started at med school there. But then he got married and he had a family and it just was too much responsibility. Um, to be able to keep up his, his dream of becoming a doctor, so this all, of course, is to teach a lesson to Matt that you have. I guess it's like um, I don't know. It's a folk- putting things in perspective. Like is Shauna that important that you're going to give up your the dreams that you had before you ever met her? Or actually, he might have like formed them when he met her. But um, basically, like do something for yourself before you like give things. Give up, give something up for someone else. I don't know. You know yeah, that, that, that's no, what that, I'm trying to say. That
0: <laughs> well, I think th- the other point is that uh, in conversations he's had with John and with Annie in this episode, he makes it seem like he's kind of laxing at work and also at school. Like he's not really paying attention. Oh yeah. Um, because all, as I said, like all of his efforts are based on Shauna. And I think the other thing is they like they don't really explicitly say this, but I, I gathered this, and maybe you agree, is that Shauna clearly is thinking of her own career. She went to. She moved to New York because they have the better well, pre med program. And
1: she told him um, when he told her that he wanted to be a doctor. She was like, "I think I care about this a little more than you. Like, you know, this has been my dream for a while now. So, yeah, she's like super committed. And like, I think that's also we're not supposed to believe. Well, I mean, she, we do know she's like with that guy or whatever that's her roommate. Right. But right. when when they call and she's at the library at one point, he calls and it's matt's like oh it's it's almost midnight like is she really at the library and the guy is like yeah the library's open until 2 a.m here so i guess we're supposed to get the idea she really is like out she's studying all the time
0: yeah and um it finally hits him and he thanks john he's like i realize you set this all up for me but you're right like i'm gonna focus on this thing i've uh, applied to be an orderly Congratulations He's Which, finally done The thing he was saying For like An entire season
1: Yeah Because w- He was supposed to be Like working in the lab Or something Right um, About like 18 episodes yes. ago When he was like I need to get a better job At the hospital Um,
0: And they have a nice Roommate moment Where John's like We make such a nice couple And then like
1: <laughs> And then Matt Spends the money He just made at the Flea market on pizza For him and John To have
0: a date Yeah It's cute um, especially because we had been talking in previous episodes. We've been shipping them. Well, yeah, but we've also been talking in previous episodes about how they don't seem to be good friends to each other. But I guess yeah. in a roundabout way, they actually are. They're probably better friends than actual friends because they don't take <laughs> each other's shit. They don't take each other's shit. Yeah, I feel like like you're act like but you know how they have this whole saying or your your friend will like help you up when you fall on the floor when you fall on the floor, but your best friend will laugh at you and then help you up. So that's like John.
1: Okay. I wasn't familiar with that.
0: I don't know. I've, I've read that I hope I never fall on the floor. In front of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. Or anyone. <laughs>
1: I just hope I never fall on the floor.
0: Anyway. That's Matt's storyline. We've spent way too long on it. Yeah. Apologies. So
1: Simon... Well, I mean, there were a lot of inconsistencies to get out there. With their, all right. But anyway, so Simon... Um, his storyline starts... They're going... It's like... the, the after Back from the opening credits and it's morning and everyone's getting ready to go to school. And... Uh, everyone is talking, all of the kids are talking about, like, what they want to be when they grow up, because Mary has had this dream, and she's like, I'm gonna be a professional basketball player. Um, and, uh, the Rev kind of, like, not even really looking for anything specific, asks Simon, like, what do you want to do when you're, have you given any thought to what you want to do when you're older? Um, and Simon is like, all I know is I don't want to be a minister.
0: (laughs) Um. And this hits the Rev very hard. Uh, he is hurt. His ego has been shattered. So he decides that what he needs to do is take his son out of school.
1: To convince him to be a minister.
0: So they go to a movie called The Wild Bunch. I think that's a real movie.
1: Yeah. Um, so, wait, Simon is, like, re- like very skeptical, too, because it's very strange. The rev shows up and takes him out of school early. Um, then Simon's like, we can't go to the movie. It's already started. Um, and we've already seen it. Uh." I don't know. It doesn't really make any and sense. And they paid
0: $2. <laughs> it's,
1: they paid $2 to go to the, see half the movie. Maybe the price is actually $2 per ticket, but they, that, since they're that coming... That doesn't... No, because
0: know. Harry know. Potter came out in 2001, and I remember paying 8 or $7 to see that. So... It
1: was the middle of the day, though. Did you go in the middle of the day?
0: No, I obviously went to a midnight showing, because I'm a freak.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> well, anyway... Whatever. Uh, Then after the movie, like we said, they end up going to... The flea market is, like, right across the... There's actually... All of these scenes, nothing is going on in them. They're not even speaking. It's just... They go to the flea market. Um, They have the whole interaction with Matt. Um, The Rev kind of pokes fun at Matt. He pretends he's going to buy the sweatshirt, um, but then he doesn't. Uh, And then finally, we get to... They go for pizza. Yeah. And during the dinner, uh, the Rev is like, I didn't well, the colonel kind of played hardball with the Rev, and he wanted the Rev to be join the Marines like he had been a Marine, and the Rev wanted to be a minister because that was his calling, so the colonel was like, I'm not going to give you any money so that you're going to have to join the military if you want to go to college so you can go on, like, the GI Bill. And anyway, it was also during Vietnam, and the Rev made a bargain with God, and he was like, oh, there was this lottery system, and uh, I said to God, like, if it really was destiny or whatever for me to join the Marines, that I would get picked, I I would get drafted, or whatever, and Simon's whole takeaway from this is, were you a draft dodger?
0: Yeah, and um, so he's like, well, clearly it was God's message that since I got a higher number, Um, that that, like, higher numbers mean you don't get drafted. So he knew, like, it was his destiny to be a minister. But then, like, the conversation, he's like, so I, like, devoted my life to being a minister. But then, like, Simon kind of pokes a hole in his dream, and he goes, or you just got lucky and it's not your destiny.
1: Right, and he, and I don't know, Simon kind of asks, well, the Riff says, he's like, I don't know if God really does, Um, like make bargains with people or show or give people signs like that on demand like I guess yeah Yeah. like have have a sign given on demand Um, and I don't know this doesn't really resolve anything because Simon kind of I guess misses the point of the story
0: but it's yeah so he and the rev
1: is even more hurt now
0: Simon is more like assured that he doesn't want to be a minister and this further and he, keeps,
1: he tells him he's like oh because he doesn't like hearing anyone else's problems and doesn't like being around sick people that's in the next conversation yeah. but
0: <laughs> so um him and annie uh, as in the reverend annie spend time bonding over the fact that their children have hurt their like egos um and so he there's this great magnificent dramatic scene well at first it's a shot so simon Annie, like, goes up to Simon. He's like, you really hurt your father's feelings. (laughs) And your words, you're a young man now, Simon Camden. And what you say matters, which is a reiteration of... Words. Yeah, which, again, his words hurt Mary's feelings. So I think this is, like, like ongoing kind of underlining...
1: Simon has to grow up. Yeah, theme
0: of, like, him being older now. Um, So (laughs) the Rev is sitting in the dollhouse... (laughs) that was Ruthie's present from Lucia on Valentine's Day and he's sitting in the dark. <laughs> well, I don't even know how to describe this. It's like
1: the day, it's daylight out but the whole house is kind of enclosed and there are like these little windows. So there's like just light coming through the windows and all we have is he's totally in the darkness except for his face. Um Simon goes in and sits down and then both of them are just like they just have the light from the windows coming in and hitting their faces. And that's when Simon tells the Rev he has to give him specific reasons for not wanting to be a minister, um, which is that he's basically says that he's too sensitive and, I don't know, it would be hard for him.
0: Um, and the Rev's like, thank you. <laughs> I, I And, like, he... I don't know. They basically apolog, apologize to each other. He's like, I didn't, Simon's like, I didn't realize what I was saying was getting to you so much. And he's
1: like, oh, but it was good because you made me think about my life and whether or not I was meant to become a minister. And this is all just so ridiculous that he was sitting like depressed in a dollhouse because his son like questioned if he was good at his job. His third like.
0: But that's not even what Simon was questioning. Simon was just questioning what like. Simon was just saying, I don't want to do it. He wasn't saying like. The rev sh- is the
1: one who brought up the fact whether or not he was good at the job. Right.
0: Because like the, the rev.
1: The Rev said the Colonel was like, "You should be a minister as long as you're a damn good one." And the Rev was like, "And then he spent the rest of my life, credit like, well, the the Colonel's still alive, but he's like, then he spent every day I live as a minister trying to call into question whether or not I'm good at my job."
0: And so he's like, "And the Rev's like, and this is what forced me to like strive to be the best every day." So we'll get back to our feelings about this specific storyline because it ties in very closely to the Annie Lucy storyline. But before we do that
1: little interlude of... So, Ruth... So, after all of this talk about uh, their dreams, Ruthie decides that her dream is to become the Queen of England, which is very serendipitous because Annie is like, oh, I'm going to... like Something's coming on TV. I'm going to record this thing about the Queen of England for you, and you can learn more about... um, you know, your future job um so and and Danny says, like you need to learn more about people before you decide you want to be them
0: which is a like a cutting thing to say mm-hmm. because Lucy's there, which we'll explain later, but it's a three part documentary, so the, after the first part, she's like really happy
1: because she gets to order everyone around as the queen of England,
0: oh, yeah, like it's all this stuff about how the queen lives in a castle with her dogs, and um everything does. Everybody does whatever she wants to say. Everybody does whatever she says. Sorry.
1: Um, and, and then she has, she has her own dream sequence and, in which she is the Queen of England. Oh, my God. It is beautiful. <laughs> and then she wakes up and she's like, that's it. It's going to happen, just like Mary's dream is going to happen.
0: Except at this point, Mary's dream has clearly not happened. So um, then Ruthie's like, okay, let's time to watch the second part of the documentary. In the second part, she learns that the Queen did not have to go to school um, because the only thing she was learning was... Um, queen stuff. Yeah, which is true. But then she also says something about how the queen had to beat out two of her sisters for the job, which is untrue, first of all, because Queen Elizabeth II only has one sister, Princess Margaret, uh, who I believe is dead now. But um, Probably. I mean, Queen Elizabeth isn't, yeah. so... And <laughs> And the second thing is that she didn't need to beat Princess Margaret out for the job, like... It, w- it went to her. That's who the job went to. She's yeah. the el- she was the eldest, and there was well, no son.
1: Well, it was incorrect, though. Yeah, they yeah they said she had to beat out her two sisters. She that's what said. I said.
0: That's what I said. It was incorrect. I said it was incorrect oh, for okay. two yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Um, so that's uh,
0: the third. So then, then the third. So part, then, it, Annie's
1: it, like, you really need to learn more.
0: So they go to the third. In the third part of the documentary, she learns that the queen has to work, and Simon's like, well, duh, she. Because Ruthie
1: says the people work for her, and Simon's like, "No, the queen works for the people." Right. Um, So Ruthie then decides that she doesn't want to do it if she has to work.
0: And Uh, yeah, Uh, that's it. That's That's it. it. (laughs) But we got some really good footage of what Queen Ruthie would look like, Um, and apparently, the people of England look a lot like the people in the Promenade. (laughs) Yes, and Uh, England also is not that sunny. So, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) It.
1: So, it can be. It I, that I said I was kidding.
0: Sense. I was kidding.
1: So, uh... We'll
0: get to Lucy now.
1: Lucy's storyline, which is like, I don't even know how this starts. Well, I guess she's talking to Mary in their room, and she's like, oh, now that you've been talking about your dreams of playing basketball, I've been thinking about what I want to do um, in my life. And she, they're like, I don't know what they how this comes up. She says, like, being mom or something like I don't want to be
0: Mary says well you're already mom so that's what you're going to be and Lucy's like well I don't want to be just mom
1: and Annie was like standing in the doorway as Lucy says this and she's very hurt because she's like just mom huh
0: especially because in the scenes before this we have um a couple of like moments between mother and daughter one where like Lucy is fixing a drawer of the Twins like room, and another one where um, they like are talking over the clock that yeah, like oh,
1: they're both fixer fixer upper people, right? So Um, although we, I had a problem with this because uh, well, other than the fact that we we know well, she's credited on IMDb as Reverend Lucy Camden, so we know she really um, is more like her father, and we've like drawn those parallels before, and they definitely have made attempts to make that very clear from the first season. Um, but that she's I,
0: much more like the Rev than she is like Annie, so, but, I mean, whatever. Yeah. So this really culminates with a lot of, like, side remarks of Annie Just saying Annie things. Just Annie being,
1: like, really passive-aggressive.
0: Towards Lucy, until finally Lucy's like, are we going to talk about this? I
1: know. Uh, uh, well, you had said, so this is obviously, like, parallel to the Simon-Rev storyline,
0: of and like child saying they don't want to be like parent, parent being an idiot and being hurt about it, child then having to console parents like broken, fragile feelings. Um so Annie's like, you know, this is not what I own this is not what I've always wanted.
1: And she's like, Well no, it's not even that. She says that it is what she wants, but also that she has other
0: dreams. And she's that- like, You can dream <laughs> Basically, Yeah. Which is, I feel like every, every child has that moment when they realize that their parent is an actual human being. But I thought this was a stupid way of doing it. Um. So Annie... So, to-
1: yeah, uh, especially this story. Right. So Annie tells the story about how when she had just, like, had Matt and... They, they had just moved to Glen Oak. Yeah, they just moved to Glen Oak. She had this idea for this co-op at the church where the women who, like, basically were, like, homemakers and the women who had careers could set up something where like this daycare where like you know um the the women who were working like they the I guess the, the stay-at-home mothers could take one or two kids with pick up one or two kids along with their own kids at school and watch them after school and then there would be some sort of reciprocal thing of like basically childcare share
0: right and then the women that were working would like help with whatever special skill they had with the women that weren't and then also donate some of their salary to the daycare program it was i mean in i don't really like the idea i liked the message which was taking these two like separate entities of women who work and women who don't and the fact that they're like constantly clashed against each other because women who work are sometimes seen as like oh you're I don't, I don't understand this argument, but whatever. And then women who are working are like, oh, you've abandoned your children. So, like, this kind of... She wanted to bridge this divide, uh, but she never did it. She never I, even told the it, Rev about it.
1: Yeah, because Lucy's like, okay, and whatever happened. And then she says she never told the Rev. And I'm like, well, what, what was the point of the story of, like, oh, Annie has dreams. And, and she says that she never told the Rev because she was, like, afraid that he would... Th- I don't know. No, she
0: says, because I know the difference between dreams and reality and how to make your dreams a reality. And I'm like, so what you're saying is that you can't make this a reality and you're, what, a realist? Because nobody in this family is a realist. (laughs) Um, But this, for some reason, speaks to Lucy on some sort of level because the next time she talks to Simon and Ruthie about what she wants to be when she grows up, she's like, I want to be mom. And Simon's like, you're ready, Mom. And Lucy's like, I'm n- I'm n- if I could be half the woman my mother is. Yeah,
1: like, she she basically like backpedals and is like, I don't want to be just Mom. Um,
0: so I don't understand. I, I, I like the idea. Uh, so I like the idea that we saw what each kid, like, first of all, that we didn't have an answer for any of what the children wanted to be, which I think is really good because it's realistic. Yeah. like most kids don't want to, don't know and it's okay that they don't know what they want to do at that age. Secondly, I but the thing that annoyed me was how they I don't know what they wanted like the audience to feel, but I was just mad at Annie and the Rev for being so hurt that their children didn't want to do what they did. Like I don't know, I I didn't have this experience because my parents definitely didn't wanted me to be better than them. So I don't know if like this is something that maybe our listeners can
1: Relate to? Relate I don't to? Know. Like,
0: were were your parents upset if you weren't doing the thing that they were doing? Like, I just think it's unrealistic. Cause
1: especially, like, they have so many kids. Right. Like, maybe they thought that the odds were... Well, and I think especially because, like, when you look at, like, the Rev, like, being a minister is such a specific... um, Like, people say they're, like, called or whatever, and it's not something that I would expect, like, my children to want to do. I mean, it's just, like, a very...
0: I, I just think either that,
1: you, like either yeah, no, you want to do it or you don't. I and guess. also,
0: I feel like I mean, I'm not the biggest um, like fan of the Camerons, but like I feel like they've set it up that it's very much like we will. You are allowed to do like choose what you want to do, and we want you to follow your hearts or your whatever. Dreams. Yeah, and like we'll like obviously curtail you if it's like something dangerous, but we're very much support you. It's like a, that. That's the kind of environment they've. You know, like created with Matt. He wanted to do pre-med, and they were like, "What?" But he, they're like they're supporting they like, "It's
1: expensive, but okay."
0: And then, like before everything happened with Mary, when she was on the basketball scholarship, she wanted to do basketball, and that's like, I don't know. Some parents would not have realistic ex- ex- expectations about their child being an athlete, but the, Re- the Rev and Annie were like, "If that's what you want to do, and you have the scholarship, go for it." So I feel like for them to turn around and be like, you're not going to be a mother and a reverend is. Wow. Uh, I don't know. It was annoying. Uh, But what I did appreciate about uh, Ruthie, Simon and Lucy was that um, I feel like a lot of the times when the kids are talking about one of the other, kids it's very much in like a nasty kind of way where it's like ooh, she's getting in trouble or he's getting in trouble we want to know what's going on but in this instance it was very much like we don't want mary to leave and is everything okay with mary is mary's dreams coming true it's very like much concern and like love so i appreciated that bonding because i feel like we don't get that a lot of the time usually yeah. when we have simon and ruthie their storyline is completely separate and they don't care about anybody else but yeah
1: um, well, anyway. Um, main storyline. I guess it's the main storyline. Uh, so, like we said, Mary has her her premonition, which, spoiler alert, is not a premonition. She does not play for the Lakers.
0: Or the WNBA. No. So, um... Well, she, we see, the first thing we see is she's at school. The first thing we see is that she it, tells Annie about her dream, tells Annie about the phone call. And is very single-minded in her um, idea that...
1: Well, she's like, this must be what it's about, because I had this dream.
0: And Annie's trying to be like, well, you know, dreams are like movies, in that some of them are based on real in reality, but most of them aren't. So don't, like, count your chickens before they've hatched. Then she's in school, we get... Corey's back.
1: Right. And she asks... Well, she asks Corey if she got the same phone call from the coach that morning, and Corey's like, no, but... Oh, and we also... I forget how this is revealed, but Mary's like, I'm going to play in the WNBA, and I'm sure that the coach, like, I don't know, would have called you or something, but... Well, she's like,
0: oh, maybe you missed the phone call, and he's going to tell you during school. She now thinks that it's like... She kind of feels bad because she thinks she's getting preferential treatment and Corey isn't, and Corey's like, don't worry about it. I'm set.
1: Yeah, because I... I am going to Brown, and at Brown, like, I'm going to. I also have a grant from the government um, where they're going to document my life as a teen mom. No, a single mother. mother. She won't
0: be a teenager for all of her college time. (laughs) Um,
1: The people on Teen Mom aren't teens anymore either, but they still call it Teen Mom. Um, But the. So she's getting, like, money. To have her life documented or something by the government, and we—I think this was on the internet when you looked it up. But also, like, why didn't she get her? She, sco- she also has an
0: academic scholarship to Brown. Yeah. So why wasn't her scho- like why wasn't her scholarship taken away um, like Mary's was?
1: Right. So apparently, no one else has like Mary's the only one who's still suffering like negative consequences from the vandalism of the gym. So anyway. Um, what hap- so then, I think the next thing is after school, yep. um, Mary is with the coach, and they're like going they're down like, the stairs. Yeah, outside to the basketball courts. And um, at the basketball court is a, like, I don't know if it's like one team or like it's just like a, a large group of these um, young women with Down syndrome. And the coach is like, uh, I want you to help to coach these, like, this team or whatever for the Special Olympics. And Mary's like, okay. And, like, I don't know. I feel like they could have done it a few different ways. Like, they could have had Mary be really, like, pissed off and be like, absolutely not. I can't believe that this happened to me and you've fooled me. But she's just like, Okay. okay, this is great. And, like, really doesn't have much. She's just like, this is what. I am doing now.
0: Um the team captain of the uh young women's team for the Special Olympics is Molly Connolly. And uh, Molly comes and gives Mary a hug, which is where we kind of like exit. So fun facts here. Uh Molly Connolly is Molly Connolly. Co-
1: it's hard to say.
0: <laughs> is joined by Jack Connolly. Uh, and they're named after uh one of the writers of this episodes like grandparents, and that writer also has a connection to Down Syndrome, so it's a tribute to him and his family, and then also Down Syndrome. That's a fun fact. Sure. Uh, So she, the next time we see her is with Mary. Um, Mary's kind of like consoling her. She's like, oh, so I, like, how are you feeling? And Mary's like, I mean, I'm disappointed with what's happening, because this is not what I wanted, but Like, it just sucks because, you know, like, everybody else has dreams and I'm not getting mine or whatever. And then Molly calls.
1: And she wants to come over and play. Well, she's like, um, so it's, like, Friday, and she's like, do you want to play basketball tomorrow? You can come to my house, or, like, my dad can drop me off at your house, whatever works for you. And Mary's like, okay, you can come over here um, and she's like um the somali is like oh you are my hero and there's this very dramatic and i think probably um i don't know i feel like it's like foreshadowing right um and mary's like don't say that i'm nobody's hero and then she like very dramatically like looks up into the camera um
0: and that's when we're assuming that if it was like on the wb this is when it would go to commercial yeah because we come back and we come back to the storyline in the background. We just want to note that um, Lucy is having conversations with like several people about Mary, but most of her conversations are that she doesn't want Mary to leave. Um, that her and Mary have always shared a room, and she would be like, she, like she would be upset. We kind of get like this theme again where Mary, where Lucy's like, obviously, if you ever move out, I need to move with you because you need me, like. <laughs> Because Mary's being painted as very...
1: Helpless. Yeah, Yeah.
0: naive. Um, So Molly comes over the next day, uh, and her father, John, is like, Molly told me something about you thinking you're not a hero. And and he's like, I think you're being too hard on yourself.
1: And she's like, I'm not being hard enough on myself. And I was like, okay, we're just talking in circles now. Um, So anyway, they play basketball, and then we have the scene. It cuts back. And they're sitting um, in the love den on the couch, enjoying a nice glass of milk to hydrate after playing basketball. Um, and Molly tells Mary that her father is a scout.
0: For, I don't know. for the WNBA.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Mary is like, oh, it finally is coming true. Like, um, And I think the fact that Mary just, like, didn't throw a fit in the beginning is supposed to, like, when she found out that she wasn't going to, like, play basketball for Scouts, um, I think is supposed to set up at this point for the audience that you're like, oh, she, you know, helped out the coach and this, like, team for the Special Olympics, so she's going to be rewarded for her, like, good deeds or whatever, I I would think, probably. Yeah, so it's, think like that.
0: A, it's like a, what, a red herring?
1: Yeah, um, because then Mary's telling everyone everyone in the Camden family like oh it that is what's happening we thought it was we thought the WNBA plan was off but it's back on so the Camden the Camerons call
0: this all happens off screen by the way and we yeah. had to do a lot
1: of like <laughs> there's a lot of work done <laughs> uh, to figure
0: out how this all happened because the next thing we see is the rev Annie coach the coach and the scout all in the kitchen having a conference and The way that they got there (laughs) is that Mary is like, oh, he's a scout... So she tells the parents, so the rev calls the coach. It's like, And the coach is like, I I don't think that's what's going on. But then the coach calls the scout, and then they all decide to get together in the camera's (laughs) kitchen. For tea. And Mary's like, uh, Lucy is telling Mary, I think you are wrong. But Mary's like, how can I be wrong?
1: (laughs) And then then Lucy goes downstairs, and she's talking with Simon and Ruthie, and they're like, oh, go find out what's going on. But in the kitchen, we have... uh, the Rev say to, the, like, to um, John, oh, I Jack. can't, oh, Jack, I can't tell her. And then Jack is like, I can't tell her. And then the, the basketball coach is like, well, Coach Cleary is like, I can't tell her. And then Annie's like, not me.
0: Yeah, so Jack's like, I know, it's going to be Molly. Yeah. So Molly comes through, says, I think I said the wrong thing. But the thing is really, Molly didn't say anything like she only said my father's a scout, which is which is not untrue
1: right and mary just made all these assumptions
0: so mary's like no it's my fault for thinking all these things and she kind of realizes like i need to stop living this is like again to the theme of what annie was saying like you need to know the difference between dreams and reality and i kind of need to stop living in my head and realize that
1: i need to figure out what i'm doing Next but, year. Yeah, I like, and work hard, l- yeah.
0: and if I want to play basketball, I'll get there. Especially because the scout says, it's not that you're good, not good enough, it's that you're not where you need to be to be at the professional level. Right,
1: and he's like, I would love to see you go and, like, develop your skills more at the college level, and then maybe one day I'll be, like, scouting you. But for right now, um, you need to, like, work on, like, basketball a little more.
0: Yeah, so this ends with her... T- like telling her parents like I'm i gonna go to like I'll go to college next year and I'll work like as hard as I can and this is how I make my dreams happen and like think the last scene in the episode is Annie telling the rev about her co-op idea
1: right and okay. that's it so many of the things that are talked about in the end of this episode never happened
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so that's it Uh, Oh, I'd like to mention two things here. Uh, One thing you noticed and one thing I noticed. Firstly, uh, Krispy Kreme was in this episode. And Ruthie was wearing, if you want to talk about this, Ruthie was wearing a Packers jersey.
1: Oh, yeah. It was just weird. Um, I guess maybe it was, I don't know, did Green Bay win a Super Bowl around then? I know, like, Brett Favre was, like, a big, like, you know. I
0: I think the Packers didn't win in 2000. Not sure, Okay, though.
1: maybe. Well, Ruthie's wearing, like, a really oversized, uh, like, Brett Favre jersey at one point, and it's very confusing because they live in California, and... But I guess he was, like, a pop... You know, like, mm-hmm. he endorsed, like, chunky soup and stuff.
0: But I also feel like this is one of the first times we've had... Usually, like, when they have sports things, it's very generic. Like It's
1: just, like, wild... Sports. Yeah, or, or, yeah. Or
0: Wildcats. So they
1: wore, like, an actual... I guess because they were paying for the licensing to show the Lakers jerseys, they might as well just get... Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was probably an expensive episode for them to um, produce, but...
0: What would you rate this episode?
1: I'm gonna go with... Um... Four. I'm going to give it a four.
0: Um, Slightly
1: above middle.
0: I think I'm going to give this a six. Whoa. Another fun fact, uh, very quickly, is that this episode was delayed a week, which is the second time it happened in season four, um, oh, which we are speculating might be because... Um, of
1: Jessica Biel's Gear magazine shoot, her very risque uh, spread. Uh, that
0: had come out, like... Right around f- the same time. Yeah, right, around. Right, right, uh, I think, like, in at the end of March, so... If it was the March
1: episode it came out... If it was the March issue, then it came out in February.
0: Oh, well... Because that's how
1: magazines work.
0: Okay, well, then, th- then that, that's that. <laughs> uh, okay, so...
1: If you'd like to see Ruthie as the Queen of England, or the Rev and Simon having their very dramatic talk in the Dollhouse...
0: Or the Lakers.
1: Uh, yeah, you can follow us on instagram and twitter at camdencast show or on facebook uh camdencast and you can listen to us on wednesdays and fridays saturdays (laughs) what did i say okay all right wednesdays and saturdays uh soundcloud.com backslash camdencast or uh through the itunes podcast
0: app um i'm Tandy. i'm erin and this is camdencast